you just finished Jane the Virgin. Finished the whole thing. Which I now like. I think I did put you onto this, Rebecca and I, you, years yes, ago. Years like, ago. You need to watch it. You'll love it. Yeah. It's like an extended rom com. Yeah. Um, I am two seasons behind now. It reminds me so much, and now I do understand. The director directed the last season or two of Gilmore Girls. Yes. David. Yes. 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 Rosenthal. Uh huh. Because upon kind of revisiting that show, is so Gilmore Girls esque. Those women it and their relationship. like, framework. Yes. But there's a lot of similar DNA. Oh, similar themes. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Just big fan. Like you maybe didn't even stop watching on purpose, but when I was only watching it, I don't watch it on the CW, I watch mm-hmm. it on Netflix. Yeah, same. So as a result, you're kind of behind. Right. And then they did do some things that I thought were a little extreme, except... It's supposed to be that way. Yeah, it's, it's a, a telenovela. Yeah. And because there were some things where I was like, I don't know that I need this. Like, this feels a little silly. And it does, but it's supposed to. And so then I got back in the rhythm of it and love it. Um, so finished it this weekend. But I want to talk about, let's talk about Gina. Gina. Gina Rodriguez. She is doing so much diverse and interesting work right now. So she did Jane the Virgin. Yes. And in a similar vein, she did Someone Great. Yes. Which have you seen? Okay. Started it, could not finish, did not enjoy. Then realized, because I processed late, two days after we recorded uh-huh. last week's podcast, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the Taylor Swift song. Uh-huh. So. Go back and watch. Oh, it's I not your genre. It. It's not your genre of rom-com. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Don't you think it's more sex-com? I think it's friend-com. Okay. That starts with the premise of this relationship, but is really a story about these three friends. Okay. I lost interest. That definitely has the sexy content for sure. Yes. But this is a movie all about these female friends. Okay. Um, and if you think about it like that, yes. if you approach it like that, I think you'll like it I more. liked the friend relationships. I just lost interest. Oh, I think the relationship is the least interesting part of the movie. Yes. It's well, the impetus for the plot. Yes. I liked the three girls' friendships. I yeah. just didn't... Watch, watch right. more. Try it, try it again. Try it again. But approach it from, this is a not a rom-com, it's a friendship movie. And I will say, I liked her in it. I like what Gina Rodriguez She's does. She's super good in it. She was also and in... Brittany Snow is in it, who we haven't seen since American Dreams. Brittany Snow. Do you know, I was going through my old CDs, because of course I was, <laughs> and there's an American Dreams soundtrack. Yep. And I was like, oh, what a time. And we saw her in Pitch Perfect. Oh, you're right. You're right. We you're saw right. her in Pitch Perfect. But, um... Oh, I was going to say, Gina was also in that movie. Annihilation. Annihilation. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. something's totally different. Completely different. And then she's also in that new action movie. She is. Where she's like, she's kidnapped by like drug runners or something, but then tries to like infiltrate their organization. I told Jordan I want to see it just because I'm, it's like, she's like my other Mindy Kaling. Yeah. Like I'm going to keep supporting you even though I don't fully understand all the things you're doing. I don't understand your career choices, but like. I'm here, here for, it. for it. But like, she's been with some of my favorite other actresses. Like Rosario Dawson was briefly in Someone Great. She's in, uh, she's in Jane the Virgin. A lot she's too. also in Jane the Virgin, yeah. and they are two of my absolute favorites. Yes. But then Natalie Portman in Annihilation. Yes. Like, just working with all my favorites. Yes. I'm here for it. I really want good things for her. The show ended. And the show, to me, because it's on the CW, doesn't get the attention it deserves. Right. Like, I think if it were a Netflix or Hulu original, we'd all be talking about it. I completely agree. Um, But I did finish and thought, 
what is she going to do now? And the good news is because it was a CW show, I think she has the freedom where she won't be like Rory Gilmore forever. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think she'll have that attached to her forever. Right. Um, and I hope she doesn't do the thing where like she just tries to do something so totally different that we can't relate. Which is maybe what she's doing with Annihilation in this gun movie. Yes, but because she's already done them, now mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, good. Get that out of your system. And she was good at Annihilation. I just... I think I loved the themes of Jane the Virgin so much, but now again, I'm just kind of here for her career. Yeah. And I want to see what she does. I no. think she's good. I think also, so too. Also, such good hair. Also, such good hair. In every Absolutely. iteration, she's got good hair. And such great facial expressions. Yes. And can like cry on a whim. Like mm-hmm. we're talking Shirley Temple level tears. <laughs> like she just turns it on. Yeah. Oh, I just, I love it. Go watch Jane the Virgin. Go watch Jane the Virgin. Great show. Not yet, but I'm trying to get, get her on Get on that. that train. After we watched Someone Great, I was like, if you liked this, you'll like Jane the Virgin. Yeah, y'all watch it together. We're going to. Welcome to episode 240 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, we're heading into fall, and that means it's new TV time. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. Now, I'm not going to pretend that TV looks extremely different than it did 10 years ago. Right. Um, We're all on the Netflix model. Right. We know... And every podcast slash think piece I have read mm-hmm. slash watch slash listen to uh, has said, you know, TV isn't what it used to be, uh-huh. which I agree with because even as a high schooler, mm-hmm. I was very into going through my copy of Entertainment Weekly yeah. and trying to figure out what new shows I was going to try and pilot season mm-hmm. and fall sweeps and spring sweeps, like weirdly very attached. I don't know what happened to me in high school, but no. I like very was very, was very much into all of that. I subscribed to Entertainment Weekly in high school. My brother subscribed to TV Guide. We had a great, yeah. great little <laughs> thing going there. Yeah. Um, no, same thing. Like I loved the idea of the new TV. I fell off in college because I was in college. Of course. Um, As we did. And all. then didn't have cable through most of grad school. Yeah. Um, and then Netflix took off in that time too. Yeah. TV has just changed a lot. Yeah. I will say I don't ever want to be one of those people. And I thought about this while writing my notes for today's episode. I don't want to be one of those people who's like rose colored glasses, like misses that old right. TV. I am a little nostalgic for the simpler time that TV mm-hmm. was and like knowing appointment television, like knowing that I would either have to video record mm-hmm. my favorite show or that I would have to be home by nine o'clock right. on a Thursday right. or eight o'clock Gilmore Girls on Tuesday. Right. Like I just knew. It was lost for me. Yeah. Like I mi- I kind of miss that mm-hmm. a little bit. And then at the same time, I don't know if you've noticed like um, Great British Bake Off. Just oh released, yeah. But they only, risked, they only did one episode and I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> I practically threw the remote at the TV. No, I had... The same reaction. I haven't watched it yet. So, so th- um, that's the problem. And then Disney Plus, now yes. coming out, is doing a weekly model. Yes. That all their new shows are going to be released weekly rather than in, a, in the binge model. And I don't know. I don't know I've either. seen some great hot takes on Twitter. They're like, we've invented cable. Yeah. <laughs> cool. We did it again. <laughs> We're not doing anything new. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's interesting. Um, as I've been following the new um, X-Men comic book as it's been coming out weekly every Wednesday. Yes. 
and I've talked about like my experiences at X-Men Twitter, but it's been the same kind of thing. I'm anticipating it every Wednesday. Yeah. I have to go and pick it up. Which is kind of fun. It is. Yeah. And then to have this community online that is talking about it every Wednesday, yeah. very water cooler entertainment. Yeah. It is reminiscent of that yeah. time and in now our lives. it feels like we don't even have like scandal anymore right and like Grey's Anatomy is still on but does anybody still care oof it's been on too long it's been on so long it came out when I was in high school yeah we I I stopped watching I care I've never seen it I you know when I started I watched it here at the bookshelf while I was stuck in an office in 2013 mm-hmm. summer of 2013 trying to catch up on a backlog of bills uh. and finances and so like had to have something on in the background while I was in the tiny former bathroom slash office right and so I'd have one laptop helping me post every receipt all the receipts and one laptop with With scandal scandal and Grey's Anatomy Shondaland yeah so TV is different now TV's different still many good things look here's the thing it's also prestige TV time so that's the difference we have lots of things that we all feel like we need to watch and sometimes these things that we need to watch take away from the other things we feel like we need to do like read yes um, or listen to new music or things like that and sometimes if you're like me you'll just be paralyzed (laughs) by the sheer amount of things that you feel like you have to do to keep up with the cultural zeitgeist so we're not here to be like your pop culture gurus nope I recommend Knox and Jamie for that they're good at that um but we are here because we love, I think what it was then, is we like good stories. Mm-hmm. And so most of the time that means books. Sometimes it means TV and movies. Today it kind of means both. Kind of means both. I'm pretty excited about this. Um, and so you you did a lot. I did. I'm so proud of this myself. Episode. You did a good job. Um, and I didn't. And you're, okay. and you're going to talk to me about. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you about these things. About six shows that I have never seen. Okay. Um, and six books that I've never read. And, but then te- then I'm tying in movies. Tying in movies, many of which I've seen. I'm doing, what do we want to call these? Like, are these flights? These are media flights. Okay. It's, if you like this TV show, check out this book or check out this movie. Or yes. if you like this book, check out the show and movie, blah, blah, blah. So we've yes. got a show paired with a book paired with a movie. Yes. I'm Six he- of them. I'm here for it. So fall media flights. Here we go. Okay. So the first TV show that I have not seen because I'm not a pop culture specialist is the show The Politician. Right. It's the a new Ryan Murphy. New Ryan Murphy thing, which I am like half on board the Ryan Murphy train and half so not. So hit or miss. Because I like American Crime Story. Love American Crime Story. Did not start an American Horror Story and honestly felt like, guys, it is not for me. (laughs) Season one, I think, is very worth watching. It's just not mine. Season two is also pretty good. Beyond that, I don't know. It's not for me. Um, Did he do Scream Queens? Yes. So I watched the first episode of that. It was good. Um, He did Glee. Mm -hmm. I was on board the first two seasons of that. First season of Glee is perfect. Yeah. Beyond that, I can't endorse it. Yeah. So he's done a lot of things. I've got one foot on his train <laughs> the other on the platform I don't know <laughs> he does um, so many things that obviously not all of them can be good right but he's got this new deal with Netflix where he's putting out this show called The Politician the reason I am intrigued by this is it stars Ben Platt who I love um, from Dear Evan Hansen right um also, I heard that, I'm sorry, side note, that the next American Crime Story is going to be Monica Lewinsky. Oh, yeah. And, and she's producing. Starring, yeah, and sh- starring um, um, Beanie Feldstein. Beanie. Yeah. And Beanie and Ben are best friends. And you know that they're doing Merrily We Roll Along with um, Richard Linklater, which is filming over 20 years. Oh, I did not know that. Yes, because it's a play told in reverse chronological order. They start when they're old 
and it ends 20 years earlier. And so Richard Linklater, God bless him, is starting at the end with these two actors. How old is Richard Linklater? Is he going to be around in 20 years? I think so. He's not that old. Okay. For some reason... I I, think he's in his 50s. I picture him so old. Oh, no. Okay. Um, So, like, he did Boyhood over 12 years, and now he's like, let's do this. Let's try this Over 20. Okay. All right. Well, I could be here for that. I think it's a Stephen Sondheim musical. Also, it's a musical. (laughs) Well, I do love Over 20 years. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Did you know that Beanie is Jonah Hill's sister? Because I didn't know that. I did. I absolutely did know That's that. That's amazing. Of course I did. Um, I have thoughts about 20 years, but I don't want to get off on that tangent. Yeah, um, anyway. But, okay, The Politician stars Ben Platt. Here's what I think is interesting. If I have heard from my pop culture resources correctly, mm-hmm. The Politician is intended to be like Ryan Murphy's other things where uh-huh. it's a serial situation or like each season is going to be a different, apparently... Um, stage in this young man's life. It's this right. young man who wants to be president of the United States. This first uh, season is about him in high school. So Ben Platt in high school, basically I think running for student government, but with the ultimate goal of being president. Uh-huh. So I have paired it with this children's chapter book that came out, I want to say in 2014. So it's been out a while and I don't think we've talked about it very much. It's called The Meaning of Maggie. Yeah. Recognize the title. Couldn't tell you what it's about. This book was delightful. Um, it is about a young girl named Maggie. I think she's about 11 who wants to be president. That's like her ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. So she runs for student council. She tries to survive middle school and her father has multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. And so she's trying to understand that diagnosis, what that means. Um, it handles that so well. Mm-hmm. Proceeds of the book even go to the, I think national like multiple sclerosis oh, cool. foundation. Um, I adored this book when it came out, but it is not one I feel like we have talked about much since then. Right. With children's lit, I think sometimes we just get overshadows because so, overshadowed because so much, comes, so out. much yeah. comes out. But I think this would be the perfect pairing. And yeah. I thought a lot, you know, I've read a lot of books about politics, but I really wanted to stay true to um, also the time frame. So the politician takes place in high school. So the meaning of Maggie takes place in middle school. I didn't want to do adult politics yet. Um, right. So that's my pairing. And then, of course, of course, the perfect movie is Election with Reese Witherspoon. Yep. Um, which did you see? Oh, gosh. It was Slate, I think, who did this piece about the 25 best characters or not even best. I, I think, think it I was that. most important characters of the past 25 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. It was excellent. Um, but one of the characters they mentioned is Reese Witherspoon's character in election. Great character. Um, I did not realize Barack Obama loved that movie so much. Uh, <laughs> that's, he, he, that's a great fact. Yes. Fun fact. <laughs> so if you are intrigued by Ryan Murphy's, the politician, Pick up The Meaning of Maggie, which kids will enjoy, but I, as an adult reader, also really liked it. And, of course, then watch Election uh, with Reese Witherspoon. Perfect. Yeah, that's a good flight. That's a great flight. Good work. Okay, thank you. Next one is the new Nancy Drew show. Which is going to be on the CW. Mm -hmm. I am going to be honest. I don't watch any CW TV anymore, except, weirdly, Jordan and I do watch Riverdale when it releases on Netflix. Well, and CW has a thing with Netflix where the whole season comes out a week after the last episode ends Which is perfect. Which is a great model, and I wish everyone would do that. I wish everybody did that, because that's how I catch up on Crazy Mm Ex-Girlfriend, and it's how I finish Jane the Virgin. Um, Okay, so it... It looks like this Nancy Drew, which I'm very much here for, is going to be like Riverdale, mm-hmm. even maybe reminiscent of, I think you and Kelsey watched Sabrina. The Netflix Sabrina. Yeah. yeah. That's what it feels like. So like a little darker, but still got that high school, yeah. st- I don't know, nostalgia going on. Um, also, if I'm not, nope, different show. Never mind. I don't want to say that. Um, so Nancy Drew coming out, coming out on the CW. 
if you like Nancy Drew, I thought it would be fun to watch or to read The Spellman Files. I have been intrigued by these for years. Mm-hmm. Lisa Lutz wrote this book I really like called How to Start a Fire. Mm-hmm. And she's got a new book out called, I want to say, The Swallows. I really like her as a writer. What she apparently is famous for that I have never read are these series of books, is this series of books called The Spellman Files about a girl, it almost sounds... um. Veronica Mars-esque, mm. about this uh, woman who, who her, her parents run a private eye, private detective agency, and so she kind of is, she has some qualms with that, but also is a part of the family mm-hmm. business. So the Spellman Files are six books kind of about her being a private eye, and following in her family's footsteps in the family business. Doesn't it sound good? It sounds really good. I looked them up today because... When How to Start a Fire came out and I really liked it, I went back and was like, maybe I should read The Spellman Files, and then I never did. I really, like, I'm kind of like, should I try one over Halloween? Yeah. Like, could this be fun? That sounds really good. It does sound good. And here's what I like about this. It's just six books. Right. It's done. It's over. You know how I feel about series. They're hard Mm -hmm. to keep up with. Um, So, if you are interested in Nancy Drew, you need to, I think, watch the new show, Read the Spellman Files. And I'm just going to add in oh, here. Oh, yeah, you have uh, There is another contemporary update of Nancy Drew in comic book form by um, the writers Kelly Thompson. And I don't remember the artist's name, but I re- I think her last name is like Saint-Ange or something like that. Okay. Um, they're super good. Um, and I think the first collection has been put out in a paperback so you don't have to buy individual issues. Um, if you want Nancy Drew remediated into a contemporary format, like yeah. here you go. I think we, I think you mentioned these. Before, I think I did because I think we stocked them in the store, and that is another thing I would really like. I do seasonal reading, especially yeah. in October, because I'm doing seasonal watching. Right. So I like all of my things to be kind of themed. So I'm tempted. Maybe I'll try that as well. And graphic. You um, should. Yeah. Like a comic book format might be fun. And it's I don't know. I kind of think Nancy Drew is perfect for like comic book serialization because instead of like. A mystery per novel, you might have a mystery over like three or five issues, and they can yeah. be a little longer sometimes. Yeah. So, Nancy Drew on the CW, The Spellman Files, Nancy Drew in comic book format, and I recommended, I did not realize there was a new Nancy Drew movie out this yeah. year. I was recommending the one starring um, the obviously famous Emma Roberts uh-huh. <laughs> uh, because I really weirdly liked that little adaptation. Yeah. I thought it was cute. It came out years ago. I took my cousins to see it. They were younger at the time and we all went and saw this cute little Nancy Drew. It reminded me of um, Nickelodeon's Harriet the Spy. Yeah, kind of. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, was so good. That vibe. So, and then, but you told me there's another. There's another one that came out this year with Sophia Lillis who was in It and Sharp Objects. Yes. Um, who I love. She's very talented. She's super, super good. So she was Nancy Drew that came out um, in March of this year. So, lots of options. Lots if you of Nancy Drew options. On that Nancy Drew if this is something that you're familiar with and you think it's, I don't know, just kind of like hokey nostalgia, like, try some of these updates. Yeah. Because I think it the franchise still has a lot to say. I loved Nancy Drew books. Oh, I know. I also love the Dorothy Parker mysteries. Nobody ever talks about those. Um, okay. Succession is not a new show. Right. Debuted on HBO last year. Jordan and I loved the first season. Um, Mary Laura Philpott, when we were talking about her book the first night of reader retreat, she was like, I'm sure Annie that you don't watch succession. And I was like, Oh no, but I do <laughs> uh, because it is on HBO. I, so this is not like an endorse. It is an endorsement. It's a good show. Um, but just, it's raunchy. Yeah. <laughs> just be warned mom. If you're listening, please don't go watch the show. Um, so succession is about this family. It is based, I think on like the Murdoch situation. Yeah. So, 
they own this giant media empire. Now, the second season, um, Jordan and I are watching every Sunday night, um, speaking of, like, serialized mm-hmm. TV. So we were watching it every Sunday night. Um, basically, he's trying to find out who is going to run his empire. Can the empire sustain itself? Um, there have been some really good scenes uh, this season about who you want owning your media mm. uh, because the news is owned by someone, right. FYI. <laughs> like, people do yep. run those things. Since the 17th century, yeah. someone has owned those things. That's right. And so before that, it was the church. Just be aware. Um, but I am reading this new book that comes out in October um, that I think ties in really well to Succession. So the book is called All This Could Be Yours, and it's by Jamie Attenberg. Right, yeah. She wrote something that I read a few years ago. Yes. And I loved the writing, did not like the main character. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, thought the book was good, but not my favorite thing right. I ever read. Um, and that really, truly just had to do with the character, who, if I'm not mistaken, was kind of stereotypical millennial. I remember that, yeah. And I was just like, I am not here for this. Um, but I liked the writing. So, her new book is set in New Orleans, and it is about a family whose patriarch is on his deathbed. Uh-huh. And he is a terrible person. And what do you do when your family's patriarch is a terrible person and how do you come back from that does it make you a terrible person um it's about legacy yes very much about legacy and about family dynamics you know how i feel about dysfunctional families um so i am loving the book so far and just feels like it has a lot of the themes of succession also reminds me of the book turned movie um this is where i leave you yes um which i as i recall really loved the book liked the movie i want to say that's how it was it might have been reverse where i liked the book but loved the movie that might be true anyway uh (laughs) either way uh basically about grief and saying goodbye to a complicated figure right and then the difficult family dynamics that come with basically convening on your home right as an adult right so yeah being a grown-up in your childhood home it's a weird thing it's a weird thing so okay succession all this could be yours this is where, this I, is where leave I leave you. you. These are good. I'm These like, are very yeah. good. Guys, I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> um, I want to introduce one in here that I haven't... Okay. I haven't seen this yet because I don't think it's out. In this same flight or new no, flight? No, a new... A, a, this is just a, a side venture a here. A side adventure here. Um, the new Kirsten Dunst joint. Okay. Becoming a Goddess in Central... What is it? Becoming a Goddess in, in Central, Central Florida. Florida, I thought. Yeah. I've heard she it, is awesome It looks it. incredible. Yeah. But very much in the Swamplandia, yes. um, Lauren Groff's Florida, yes. mostly dead things, like all of these Florida. And, oh, that's great. I have the movie then. The movie. What's the movie? Okay. I'm looking at you to try mm-hmm. to read my mind. The movie is where the boss, the, like these kids, it's got the, okay. Remember the terrible slash good Spider-Man films from our era yes. with Tobey Maguire? Uh-huh. Who was the bad guy? Um, he was w- which one? In the first movie. And, um... He was the Green Goblin. He's and he really was unattractive. Willem man. Dafoe. Okay, Willem Dafoe is in this movie, okay. The Florida Project. I don't know about this. Okay, he is great in The Florida Project, okay. and it's basically about these kids who like live in this dumpy Florida motel, perfect, like in Central Florida. Exactly. It's what perfect. We want. We've created a flight right off the perfect. top of our heads with with three or four books in it. Because yeah. I would also add um, Elizabeth Stuckey French's novel about the mermaids, the Wiki Watching Mermaids. Oh, what is that called? Oh, what is it called? It's not Radioactive Women. Uh-huh. Not, oh, dear. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. I'll have it in the show notes. Go on. It's so, very good. So, the Kirsten Dunst show, mm-hmm. all those books we named, mm-hmm. 
And then the Florida Project. Perfect. Great. I do... Here's my problem. Isn't that Kirsten Dunst situation like a Showtime? I, how I do think I it's watch a Showtime. It? I, don't, I don't know. I can't watch it. The reviews it. look great. Yeah, but I don't know how to watch it. And I think she's astounding. If I... You remember her in Fargo season two? I loved her in Fargo season two. That's where she met her husband or her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesse Clemens. Which yeah. I didn't know they were married yeah. until Are last week. Are they married? Week. They're married. Yeah. Um, I just was about to ask. Or no, you. I think they're engaged. Engaged. Uh, I was about to ask you. Do you remember Kirsten Dunst from Bring It On? I do. Which is what I remember. And from, from Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. What a career she's had. She's had Honestly, a great career. I thought you know I thought she'd be gone by now. Not dead. Just, no. Just disappeared. But no, she's actually a very good... Good for her. Super underrated actress. Yeah, really proud of her. Next it one. looks like a cat. Um, okay. <laughs> it does look like a cat. <laughs> the Righteous Gemstones is an HBO show that I have not watched yet, mm-hmm. but because we're, we're trying to do the succession thing, yeah. and then we'll binge Righteous Gemstones, I think. Um, but it is about a televangelist. Mm-hmm. It's John Goodman in it, which yeah. I think is perfect casting. Absolutely. Also, that annoying guy that I don't understand. I know why he's famous, because he's good at what he does, but he annoys me for inexplicable reasons. Ad- Adam Devine. Oh, I hate him for yeah. the same reason. Yeah, I'm just yeah. like, I don't understand you. I cannot stand him, and um, I think that's the point. And then I've Googled him, and he seems like a genuinely nice guy. Uh-huh. But um, I just can't. He reminds me of some kids from high school, mm. which I think is part of my problem. Um, but every time I see your nemesis, Christine... Christine Baranski. Yeah. <laughs> ...on TV, I'm... Oh, because I have one. I've been meaning to tell you and this It's Adam story. Devine? Okay, Adam Devine is the male. Uh-huh. But I wanted... he's also mine. I wanted to tell you, my woman is the girl that used to be married or dated the guy from Mad Men. I can't remember names of anyone right now. Um, who's the guy from Mad Men who's famous? John Hamm. John Hamm. It was John Hamm's girlfriend... Forever. She's now on Younger occasionally, which I know you don't watch. Um, her name was like Jennifer Jennifer Westfeld. I'm going to look her up. So. Yeah, please. I don't okay. know who that is. I do not care for her. It's her voice. I don't understand her. I don't. When she is on the screen, I'm filled with visceral anger. That's she, so funny. She's been in some <laughs> indie movies. And like I was watching her in Younger the other day, and I was like, she gets on my last nerve. And then her. I was like, oh, she's my Christine. Yep. So, so anyway, Jennifer Westfall is mine. Okay, so The Righteous Gemstones. I got two books for this one. Okay. The first one is out already, out in paperback. It's been out for a couple years, called The Book of Essie. Um, because this is about a young woman whose family is basically like the Duggars. Mm. Like, he's an evangelical preacher. They are on TV, and she is That's a teenager right. and gets this. pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what are we supposed to do with our TV show with our daughter. Mm-hmm. There is literally a character who is on like a conservative TV show and her name is Liberty Bell. Okay, so understanding that, right. I think you can understand the tone of the Book of Essie. I liked the Book of Essie a lot. Um, I had some qualms about it. I remember the comment being essentially that like, it's not doing a consistent caricature of yeah, this evangelicalism. they didn't pick one thing about evangelical right. culture. Like, they wrapped everything into one church, which was right. a little confusing to me. Right. I was like, just put, like, I mean, look, there's a lot to poke fun at. Yeah. And I feel like I can safely say that. Me but, too. <laughs> but it just felt weird to me as somebody who was very familiar with that culture. It felt like, wait, you're combining all the right. cultures into one. It's like, it's like a book written by a non-Southerner. Exactly. And you're like, wait, Mississippi and talking about and a crawfish Georgia. boil in yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. I'm like, like, the what now? Why am I going to have a crawfish in the middle <laughs> of a state? Right. No, thank you. Okay. Book of Essie, which I think is a great beach book. This book is coming out in October and I am so excited. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is called The Preacher's Wife. It is by Kate Bowler, who wrote Everything Happens for a Reason mm-hmm. because she, Everything Happens for a Reason. 
parentheses and other lies I've been told. Mm. Great title. Um, she was diagnosed with cancer. She is a young woman, I think mid thirties. Mm. Um, that book is about her diagnosis. And I believe she still lives with that disease. I don't mm. think she is in remission. I could be wrong about that. I follow her on Instagram. Anyway, she is, has written this new book called The Preacher's Wife, not to be confused with a really great Denzel Washington Whitney Houston <laughs> film. Which that, you should, that is a different story. Which you should watch every Christmas, as I do. <laughs> uh, but it is about, it is a true, like it's nonfiction, well-researched about evangelical Christian women. Um, like Christian women who are famous in uh-huh. evangelical like uh, a Beth circles. Moore. Like Beth Moore. Um, very, very intrigued by this. Um partly because I am least partly adjacent to that culture mm-hmm. um, and partly because I'm not at all. Like, right. so I, so it's very interesting and I really trust Kate Bowler. She um, works at Duke, I believe, um, or has earned her degree from Duke Divinity. I just have a lot of questions and I think that book sounds so interesting. So The Righteous Gemstones on HBO, The Book of Essie and The Preacher's Wife, and then... Saved. Saved with Mandy Moore. Yep. It's the perfect movie. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, goodness. I watched that in high school and was both slightly offended as one who Uh was who she was in high school would be, but also very much like, oh, but no. Oh, I see the problem. (laughs) No, it's a very good diagnosis. Yeah. Um, Mandy Moore and Amanda Bynes. And Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes is the gross, Mm -hmm. mean, bad girl, like mean mean Christian girl, right? No, Mandy Moore is. I thought... Who I thought Amanda Bynes was like the no Mandy Moore is the villain. She's the mean Christian girl. Who's Amanda Bynes? Am I completely? Oh my gosh! Oh my goodness! Am I misremembering? I'm this looking movie? it up. Now. I might be. It's I haven't saved seen it in with years. an exclamation yeah. point for everyone curious. It also has Macaulay Culkin. Because now that I'm thinking about it, like no, Amanda Bynes was the really uptight one, wasn't she? But Mandy Moore was the villain. Is Amanda Bynes not even in this movie? Is she? Is this why I don't have? a Oh pop my goodness! Are we is making she this in up? Easy A. Yeah. Amanda Bynes is, is an easy, easy A. a. Okay. Okay, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> Go listen to Knox and Jamie. We're not infallible here. <laughs> we, lo- we love books. Okay, I'll tell you who's insane. Please. You're right about Mandy Moore. Yeah, she's the bad she's guy. She's the bad guy. Jenna Malone. Jenna Malone. Oh, right. And because then she was in the Hunger Games yes. match. And that was, <laughs> we did not see her for 10 years. And then Macaulay Culkin. Right. And this, sure enough, came out May 2004, which would have been when I was graduating high school. When I was entering high school. And so I would have been getting ready to go to college. And probably this would have been a movie. I really did like this movie where I was like, okay. Like, yeah. I, there's some problematic things. We both conflated Easy A and Save. We did. Very different movies. Very good. Both very good movies. Uh, but very different. But anyway, yes. Okay. Maybe watch Easy A, too. <laughs> um, that might be relevant here Look, as well. That's a really good movie. I stand by it. Okay. Uh, maybe let's just do one of these. All right. Um, for time. Oh, God. What am I going to do? Can I go real fast? Yeah, go real fast. Okay. Unbelievable is a new show based on the book by the same name. Mm-hmm. The book came out in hardback as a false report. For the paperback publication, they have they called it, it Unbelievable, Unbelievable to match the Netflix show. It is a true story. It's marketing. Of, it is. It's a true story about um, a woman, a young woman who was raped um, in her apartment in Seattle, Washington, and then dropped the charges, like basically retracted her statements, mm-hmm. um, whether through coercion or her own exhaustion of the process, she retracted her statements. Two years later, um, some cops begin to investigate some um, rapes and sexual assaults happening in Colorado. 
for whatever reason, they are able to tie it back to Seattle. And we realize, you know, reporters and, and cops are realizing there might be a problem with our mm-hmm. system if a woman retracts her statement. Right. So um, it is going to star. There's the Netflix show is going to star Tony Collette. And we looked her up. Oh, Merritt, we- Merritt Weaver. Merritt, yeah. Uh, who I recognized from and really loved her in, New Girl. Um, so, Unbelievable, A False Report, and then the movie that I think matches is um, the, the, the Hunting Ground, which right. is the documentary. Documentary about the sexual assault on college campuses. Yeah. So, believe it, believe it or not, I don't even... Sorry, no, no, I'm just looking at it. Unbelievable. <laughs> but Unbelievable, I thought was going to be a docu-series, uh-huh. but it's not. Right. It's a TV like American adaptation. Crime story kind of thing. Yes, exactly. So, if you want the documentary version... You know, the hunting ground. It's not ground. the same story, but it's a related Covers story. the same themes. Yeah. Okay. It's a rough watch, but an important oh, one. So bad. So hard. I'm right. going to say so bad. So hard to watch, but so important. Okay. Last one is The Unicorn, which right. I wouldn't have known anything about except I heard it on, I believe, Pop Culture Happy Hour. Um, they did like a TV fall preview. Um, they referenced the unicorn. So I went to look it up cause it's a CBS sitcom. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, okay, mm. uh, whatever. But then I watched the preview and I feel like weirdly attached. Like maybe I'll like it. Um, it stars this very toothy man, Walton Goggins, Walton Goggins, who's been on other things. Lots of things. His teeth have also been like, he just, they're so white and so and big, big. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he plays a single dad, uh, who has been, uh, he is a widower and he has to raise his two daughters and all these women start hitting on him and his friends realize and tell him that he's a unicorn because, because he's, he's an attractive, yeah, he's like a dateable, dad. Yeah, yeah, dateable dad. Um, this very much reminds me of Fleischman is in trouble, mm-hmm. which if you got this from reader retreat, I am still reading it. I am at the like hundred page mark and I feel slightly ambivalent except many people I love, Anton Disclafani, Mary Laura Philpot, they are all telling me, uh, Carrie Bauman, who listens to the po- this podcast, like they all are telling me it is worth my time and I believe them because I trust them. I just need to do what you need to do, mm-hmm. which is just, just sit down. that last little Yeah, part. and just sit down and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have had a problem that I picked that up right before Reader Retreat right. and my life has been chaos since. Exactly. So I just need to do it. Um, but anyway, Fleischman is in trouble is a dad who takes care of his little girls after his mother, his wife um, leaves. And then, what's the perfect movie? Three Men and a Baby. Three Men and a Baby with Ted Danson. And um, that guy my mom had a crush on forever. Not Burt Reynolds. He's also mustachioed. He was on Friends. He was Richard. Why can't I? Tom, Tom Selleck. Why can't I think of anyone's name today? <laughs> so terrible. Like, I was like, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Tom Selleck. Yeah. Um, He's yeah. a handsome man. My mom had a big crush on him. And Early Chris Butterworth looked a lot like Tom's son. I get it. Um, so, yeah, Three Men and a Baby. It's a classic. So, The Unicorn, Fleischman is in Trouble, and Three Men and a Baby. That sounds like a great flight. It does. This was fun. This wasn't intended to be a flight episode, and yet here we did. Here we are. Here we we did it. So, here we did. We're, <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're having trouble with we're words. Having, we're having a lot of trouble here. I should have um, taken, like, some cognitive saved, vitamins. Easy A. <laughs> I don't know. Amanda Bynes, Mandy Moore. Amanda Bynes. Jenna Malone. Sorry, I forgot you. And not Jenna Maroney from 30 Rock. Very different. Anyway. So good at what she does. Okay. We're at the bottom of the barrel again. Started out strong, but now we're coming up thin. Oh, we've cast our lots with all the devils of sin. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my 
Front Porch is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on today's episode, you can do so at bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Thank you, as always, to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called The Bottom of the Barrel from their album, Forlorn Strangers. Learn more at forlornstrangers.com. If you'd like to support us on Patreon um, and gain access to exclusive bonus content like our unpopular opinions, you can check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. You can also find us at our website, fromthefrontporchpodcast.com, where you can find web-only content and a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, we're going to hear part two of last week's installment of Izzy and Grease. Okay, so Izzy obviously finds Grease to be good, but slightly inappropriate. Right. And Which is a mature thought for a 12-year-old. Yes, absolutely. Um, I just love the hand jive so much. Um, so, <laughs> at age 12. Um, so I, which is what I do with, with children in the store when we get to fangirl over things together, is I immediately break out my fun facts about Grease right. because I got them. And one of my fun facts is that Olivia Newton-John had to be sewn into her pants. Right. The leather pants. And I am telling Izzy this, and Izzy looks horrified. And I'm like, oh, is Izzy just super smart and knows that we shouldn't have to sew women into their clothes? Then Izzy was like, oh, no. I mean, did it hurt her? Did they just sew it right into her skin? She, like, pictured <laughs> them, like, which is horrifying. That's awful. And awful. Like, we're talking Silence of the Lambs yeah, level. honestly. Which I am now oh, with this no. image and this 12-year-old. And I was no, like, no, 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 no like, no, no, no. the pants are so tight. She had to put them on, and then they sewed them closed. And she was like, oh. Like, she That's so much better, so however. <laughs> so relieved but the look on her face when I guess I was implying that Olivia Newton-John was like forever sewn, sewn into those into pants. her pleather pants oh or leather gosh, pants that's anyway. so funny it's very funny <laughs> thank you so much for listening don't sew yourself into your clothes we'll see you next week <laughs>